Why do the Japanese people love KFC during Christmas? And is this actually true? Yes, it is. Where did Colonel Sanders invade Japan during Christmas? So they don't call it KFC. They call it Kentucky. Kentucky? Kentucky. So if people aren't aware, in Japan, when they celebrate Christmas, it's very traditional to have a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. Specifically Yo, that chain. Not fried chicken. Bro. Kentucky fried chicken. Or as you would like to say, Kentucky. Kentucky is super busy around Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You have to pre-order. It's like a <laughs> pre-order guy. Bro. <laughs> Welcome to the worst Asian podcast, where a couple Asian American millennials give you our shitty opinions on all things Asian. My name is Linji, and today I do not have Ben. This is actually a little bit strange. Um, I have a wedding to go to in just a couple hours, and I'm going to be one of the groomsmen. So um, we're doing this a bit last minute, but I thought this actually might be interesting. One of my best friends moved over to Japan uh, a couple years ago, and... He's back here in America for a couple years. We'll get into why he's here. But I just thought, and please tell me if you're not interested. Actually, if, if you're not interested, just switch to the next podcast that you want to listen to. But we're going to be talking about what it's like to live in Japan as a foreigner. Various parts about that. What it's like to be a non-Asian foreigner over there. What is, what's the difference between uh, cultural things with life in America compared to in Japan. So let me get right into it. I'm going to introduce my guest, uh, one of my close friends. This is Franklin. Hey, how are you? Thank do you do you feel strange? I feel very strange being in in, in America, in New York again. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. feel strange being on the podcast? Oh, I'm super nervous because I don't wanna <laughs> I, I, I don't wanna disappoint you. I can actually hear it in your voice. Franklin well, uh, is a very outgoing person. Generally he's a good talker. He's very outward facing in his career and everything. So I yeah. thought you would be a good fit because most of my other friends can't talk for shit. So I yeah, would... I'm I'm okay talking with. You're right. I'm okay talking with people. I I, I often uh, I'm in groups and and I have to talk to strangers all the time. Yeah, yeah. But this is different. This is different. This is different. Well, you, one, you don't have Ben here, so yes, I don't have Ben here. Uh, guys, this is really really last minute. Franklin and I are part of the groom's party for one of That's our right. other friends' yes. wedding, and currently it is the morning of his wedding day, and yeah. we have a couple hours to kill. In which we're told that we have nothing to do. So we just thought, why the hell not? Franklin's back from Japan. I thought it would be an interesting thing. I'm going to bank this episode for a week when Ben just doesn't show up. So we have zero content. How often does that happen? It happens very often. <laughs> <laughs> it happens much more often than you would think. That's, so this is going to come out during right, the week though. when Ben just doesn't show up. Or if it's really a good conversation, I'll just release it prior to that. So <laughs> everyone, let's wish Ben a happy whatever. Hopefully he shows up to the wedding tonight because he is invited. Is he invited? I think he's invited. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's actually going to show up to the wedding? Oh man, I I I, I want to say that I want to I want him to show up, but I want him to show up too. My money is that he probably he's won't. probably not going to show up. Yes, okay, so we might not even see Ben yeah. today. You know, it's funny when Ben listens to to this episode, he'd be like, "I don't remember recording that one. Where the fuck was <laughs> I during that? Who knows?" Yeah. Okay, so our time is semi limited. I'm not going to rush through it. It's still going to be a full length episode, but. We're basically just waiting to be called to do yeah. groomsmen things. Yes, yes. Which it seems like there's nothing so far, which is very strange for a Chinese wedding. It's strange no- for a it's strange for a wedding that's not your wedding. Yeah, I know. I because I'm a control freak. As our, yeah, well, your wife said it. A groomzilla. I'm a groomzilla. Yes, yes, yes. When so, I had my wedding, I told everyone what to do every second of the day. Yeah, we and were busy the whole time. Yeah, but, but I don't mind. I I would. We all took the day off to be here. Me for too. Your day, right? So that's what I said. I was telling the groom. I was like. You and I are just going to meet up and be on standby in case you yeah. need us. So now we have a couple hours in which we're doing nothing. All right, guys. If you're not watching on YouTube or on Spotify video and you look at my, uh, my guest's face today, Franklin, you are the first, <laughs> you are the first non-Asian yeah. person to be on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate <laughs> yes. the honor. The honor uh, of being the uh, yeah. non-Asian person. Which, which is great. I really, I've been listening to your podcast in Japan. Thank you. It helps a lot when, uh, when I'm doing house chores and everything to have like something to listen to in the background. Plus, you're kind of like homesick over there sometimes. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely different. Uh, Can you tell our listeners that are not listening what kind of non-Asian you are? Oh, I am. <laughs> so I, I was born in Colombia, mm. uh, but I came to the States when I was five. So yeah. when people often ask me, where are you from? It's just easier to say I'm, I'm from New York. Much easier. Because I, I don't know how to dance. I don't listen to Spanish music. All the traditional so, Colombian things. Yeah. So people are often disappointed when they're like, oh, you're Colombian. Do you know so-and-so? I'm like, no. I no, don't. no shit. Do you, do you dance? Like, no, I don't. Plus your do- Spanish is kind of trash. 
Uh, says you. It's passable. No, you're right. My mom's even told me that I sound uh, like a gringo. Yeah, she yes, sounds like, like, like a gringo, like yeah, a yeah. white person trying to speak yeah, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. She, she said that to me before. She's like, yo, you don't sound. I'm like, oh, ma. That's a terrible thing to tell your son since you're the one that taught me Spanish. So, so thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, I think you have a very interesting to and very interesting life. Not life. We're just going to be talking about the past couple of years of your life and everything. Okay. Franklin decided to leave this country, the yeah. United States of America, because he couldn't stand my bullshit anymore. Uh, and, he, and he ran away to Japan. That was one of the major reasons, one actually, of the major reasons. to get away from you. Probably like 1A. 1B was probably to have your family get more of their own cultural uh, heritage over there. Oh, your wife is Japanese. So yeah, my wife's Japanese. So which, I've heard. Which is, which is why you've met her, right? Yes, I think I've met her a couple of times. Uh, I hope so. Guys, this is a joke. I have clearly met his wife. <laughs> Franco's wife is Japanese. And why did you guys decide to move over to, to Japan? So, so besides uh, 1A leaving uh, and getting away from you. Me, primary uh, reason. Yeah. The other reason was it was during COVID. You know, while I still worked, luckily, I, I didn't lose my job and uh, things were still going well. There was, uh, you know, a lot of closures for businesses, schools. Yeah. Do you remember virtual learning? Yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that whole weird. thing. Yeah. So... We didn't like that. And Franklin works in the hospitality restaurant industry. So you can imagine during COVID, there was not much hospitality nor restauranting going on. You're right. And so my, my company, we ended up closing a lot of restaurants. I, again, luckily, I still worked. And you know, we were essential workers. So yeah. business actually picked up for a while for us at the beginning. Takeout. Right. Exactly. And you know, our model, the company I worked, worked for, was built for takeout. Yeah. So we, we for the first three, four months, we profited uh, and the sales went up. That was great. But, but so we ultimately decided that, hey, look, uh, things are closed here. It's kind of, kind of, it's kind of shitty. Like there was about six people that died of COVID in our building in that first couple of months. Yeah. And so we were like, you know, fuck this. We don't, we don't want to deal with this. We don't want to deal with the craziness. Yeah. Um, Japan, on the other hand, uh, everything was open. Yeah. So as, you know, at I think, that time it was open. No, no, dude. So everyone thinks that Japan closed down. It did to foreigners. Foreigners. That's it. They just didn't want white people to come. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, like white yeah. people are crazy. We don't want them. And so they closed their borders down. But within the country, shit was normal, man. I mean, yeah, everyone wore a mask. And yes, there was like uh, limited hours and there were right. recommendations like don't travel to these, this prefecture. Don't go here. But if you wanted to, you can still do everything. And so school was open. So literally oh. the, the same week we landed there, yeah. we were able to register uh, my older son into yeah. school. Uh, and then maybe like a month later, we registered... Uh, I have two kids, right? Yes. So uh, we got uh, Oliver and Kaylin. They were able to go into school right away. Do you want me to beep out their names? Huh? Do you want me to beep out their names? No, no. It's okay, all right. I just, yeah. just making sure. So it is a lot easier for you to have gone into to Japan, generally speaking, and especially during that time, because your wife is a Japanese citizen. So no... So, no? No, no. This is crazy, man. So my kids have Japanese and American citizenship, right? Uh, dual citizenship. They do have dual citizenship, right? And at, at that age, they can have dual citizenship. So later on, uh, they were able to fly there easily. I had to write a personal letter oh. to, to the Japanese... Uh, prime Minister. Just say Prime Minister. <laughs> it's directly to Prime Minister. Was that Abe back then? Yeah, it was. It was, oh, it was still Abe. Was it still Abe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had to write a personal letter pleading my case that like, hey, my family's there and all that. And only then did they allow it because they were not accepting any visas at even all. Even though you're legally married to your full Japanese citizen yeah. wife, they wouldn't let you in, even right. though you have two kids. Right. So those things, on a, if the world was normal yeah. and nothing was going on, those things would have 100% guaranteed my okay. visa within a week. Gotcha. But because of COVID, they really did not want white people or anybody not just white i don't know why i just keep saying <laughs> white people we're using the word white just to say foreigners oh man in lieu of foreigners no it's it, no i feel like in my, in my time in japan more or like 90 percent of the people that travel there are from european countries okay so they're white looking white facing yeah they're of caucasian descent all right so you finally got into japan i finally got it my flight there yeah uh it was a 777 that fits like 180 people there were three people on board oh oh yeah because it's during like yeah the peak of COVID and everything and they still didn't upgrade me to first class what <laughs> i asked i was like yo uh i know there's no one flying yeah there was only two japanese businessmen yeah and myself I'm were like, they in, in first class no no one was 
Isn't that crazy? Can't they by default make the whole plane first class no matter where you're sitting? Because they could just give you unlimited everything. Yeah, I just wanted the leg room. Oh, oh that's true. And I didn't get it. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Talk about like following the rules and being Yo, really strict so with it. Yo, so on point. Yeah, but, but. I did have like three flight attendants to myself oh. the entire trip. That's a bit weird. They're, they're <laughs> really cute. So it's, I mean, that's a lot okay. of personal attention, but like the, no, the no. ratio. They did it right, man. It was, I never felt like it was too many or it was, it was never weird. And they kept feeding me whiskey the whole trip. And it was just, it was great, man. That's pretty much first class besides the actual leg room, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Because you, typically you don't get al- like, yeah, hard exactly. liquor exactly. in uh, economy. But they figured between you and the two businessmen that... Probably yeah. nothing was really going to happen. Yeah, so I had the whole section to the plane by myself. I was in the like the rear half. Yeah, there was no one there. Oh, was, so you had the private bathroom basically. I had a private bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had a private bathroom. It was oh, great. That's cool. So the majority of this conversation, I think, is is just going to be centered around what it's like to live in sure. Japan as a foreigner, yeah. and I think generally speaking, what it's like to live in Japan overall. Because I think Japanese culture and like Japanese everything seems to be. Aside from maybe South Korea nowadays with like K-pop and like K-culture, K-drama, stuff like that, yeah, like yeah. Japanese culture, South Korean culture right now are like the two more popular East Asian cultures around the world. Everyone loves watching shit on YouTube and on social media about Japan and about South Korea. So I think it's really interesting just to talk about like, as an American, you have a full life of experiences here in America. So I think your opinions about what it's like to live in Japan are probably a, a bit more interest to our listeners than let's say like a native Japanese person who's just been living there all their lives, right? Because like what they see as normal, they might not even talk about because it's not interesting. But what you've seen and what you saw in Japan, some of the cultural shocks maybe, yeah, you can actually point out because they're different from here. So I guess the first question for you is like, generally speaking, can you think of like any big cultural shocks or things that even you were surprised with when you first got over there or maybe during the course of those two years or so that you were there? Yeah, you know, I think it, I think the first year is always the hardest for anybody. It's hard to say what what it is specifically, right? Because when you move there, coming from the states, everything is the same. Like the the streets are the same, the street lights, the signs, the gas stations, how things operate on an yeah. everyday level is the same. Kids get picked up from school with a bus, or like I don't know, there everything's the same. So when you get there, you kind of have this like false illusion. That it's something like America. That, yeah, that it's not going to be all that different. And you're like, oh, okay. But then you start to realize, okay, one, fuck, I don't know the language. Yeah, right? yeah obviously. And, and so that's, that's hard. We've talked about this. Remember, you, you were telling me that your Japanese is pretty good. And then you told me, like, what's the equivalent of in terms of America? <laughs> I was like, Franklin, then he pulled out his phone and he Googled what his Japanese equivalent is in terms of, like, grade school. What level of Japanese do you have? Uh, third grade level. Third grade level. So I'm a third. Hey, man, I'll take it. I'll take third grade level. Third grade is like eight, nine-year-old? Yeah. Eight, nine-year-old. Okay, so I you speak- talk as well as... A, that's not that bad. I was thinking about this when you told me it. If I were to talk with a child that's eight, nine years old, I think I can have a relatively deep conversation. Bro, bro look at all the kids in your life now. Like, you, you, your son's birthday just passed, yeah. right? And there was a lot of little kids here. Yeah. Right? So... The oldest one. How old was the oldest one? Seven? Ten. Eight, ten. ten. Can you have a full conversation? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. There you go. Yeah. It, it's just that probably your vocab is lacking like certain... You don't know enough nouns or something. Oh, dude, the, the nuances in Japanese language is crazy. Oh, you want to get into that right now? Like Japanese language as a whole. Besides oh, just man. Le- besides just learning the actual language itself, Yo, which is difficult. No, that's so much fucking bullshit. Learning the language. So what you're taught in school... And like for anyone that's paying for schooling here... I feel sorry for you because... To learn Japanese, you mean? Oh, man, it's so much bullshit. Yeah. What you're taught in school is the super polite way of speaking. Like a formal way. Right. But, and that's great if you're speaking it. But when it comes to going there and listening to this, that's not at all how people speak. And so you're completely and constantly lost, right? So you have to learn like... There's something called keigo, which is like... Keigo? Keigo, which is this is the way you speak in business. So... For example, like if you're your coworkers or your boss, that is already a separate way of speaking than if you're speaking with people unknown or your friends or family. There's like all these different ways. Of is saying, that is that a difference in the grammar, the words you use? Like, what is the actual difference with keigo as opposed to like more common everyday talk Japanese? Yes, the grammar, the vocabulary, it's completely different, and so you're elevating the sense of respect. If you're talking to like a business partner, yeah, uh, or your company is meeting with another company, you must use it. And if you don't, 
you're breaking some like unsaid rules and you can literally that's like a cultural norm that you didn't realize right because we don't really have that here in america we don't right so yeah. in america if we're working together and you're my boss yeah. i say good morning hey yeah. good morning there man there's like 10 different ways to say hello and good morning yeah and say thank you and you're welcome depending on who you're talking to and what time of day you're talking to them. What time of the day? Dude, what man. What do you mean? Like more, morning Japanese is different than evening Japanese? Yeah. Even yeah. if you're talking to the same level person. Yeah, man. It depends on where you are. It depends on your location. It's bananas. And so, and so when I was learning it here, and then when I got there, it's like, I, I'm like, why can't I understand anything? Yeah. And it, it's for that reason. You're not, you're not taught exactly what you're in your mind are expecting when you get there and so so it's not just like a vocab thing or like a reading thing it's just like even if you know the actual words and everything you have to like figure out what situation you're currently in what form of the language to talk in and that's not something that your brain's really uh used to because in in english people do kind of code switch in english because if you're talking to like if you and i were just talking like you having a beer we would talk like a bit more laid back as opposed to like you talking during an interview right right there is some kind of like nuance in american english as well but that's not to the level of what you're talking about in japanese yeah so like in like if you're having an interview like you said right i meet my interviewer and i would say hey good morning it's nice to meet you right yeah if i met your girlfriend right i would say hey good morning it's nice to meet you right yeah but in japanese culture it's different right because you're meeting a friend that may be the same age yeah you don't know them but you would still speak differently to them and use different uh greetings than you would for someone you're interviewing with. Didn't your so, wife say like that's such a stupid thing about the language? Even though she's fully Japanese, she always complains about like this is such a dumb thing to continue doing, and that's it's so much easier yeah. in English because you can just talk however the hell you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my wife, she, she, I think she's lived in New York or in the states for half her life. Mm. So she's gotten a little bit sort of like used to American English. Yeah, or culture, just general yeah. culture. And so going there, there's a lot of things she doesn't. Uh, she understands, like you said, but she doesn't fully comprehend. And but she's very easygoing, so she, for her it's like an easy switch. For me, I, I just want to bitch and complain <laughs> about everything. What's the thing with the, uh, a Japanese language when you say someone's name or their title? It's like San or or, or like something. It's like a name like uh, Franklin San. Like what is the variations in like that depending on like art difference in age or anything else like that? Yeah. So for something like kun, right? Would kun. Be kun. K-U-N. Like, kun. Yeah. K-U-N. Like, uh, it's like you're speaking to a child, a boy child, okay. right? Chan is like a female. C-H-A-N. And, yeah. And that goes, that can go up to a certain age, even adults, depending on who you're talking to. If it's like an older woman talking to a younger girl. Yeah. Even if the girl's 20 something. Oh, it's like Sarah Chan. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then we have uh, San, which is like the respect of S-A-N, San. Yeah, and that's the standard S-A-N, right? That's the standard of like you're meeting a teacher for the first time, even if they're younger than you. Uh, that's what you would... But their title is more privileged than yours. Exactly, like higher above exactly. You, so you say San. Yeah. Um, Do you have to say that? Like if I see a teacher and, and if you were teaching me English and I just called you Franklin instead of Franklin San, would it be disrespectful on so my end? So if you're Japanese, yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're a foreigner, no. Like I, I'd stop using it altogether. You think <laughs> you think you stopped using it because they looked at you, you're clearly not Japanese and they gave you a pass as opposed to if you uh, were Japanese looking, they would maybe correct you or like think lesser of you. But because you're a foreigner, they'd be like, eh, yeah. we'll just give them like a pass. I think I did a, a lot of the things that I did were strictly because these people. So I taught I, I taught English, right? That was my... That's the standard. Dude, <laughs> That's the standard I'm so embarrassed. Job. No, man. When you see Can these, we not you, talk about it? Yes, well... We'll talk about it very briefly. Like when you see these YouTube videos and so many foreigners go to these East Asian countries and what's their primary job that they get? At least like temporarily, right? Before they find a real job or maybe for some people, it's the entire time they're in these East Asian countries is they teach English. Yeah. That's the go-to job because yeah. it's easy. It's accessible. And as a outwardly Ooh, that's triggering, Caucasian... That's yo, yo, For some people, they, they take teaching English very seriously. Okay. okay. I'm not trying to belittle the career you, you just did man. i'm not trying to be i'm just trying to say like <laughs> when you can't speak such, the language it's such a dick thing to say oh like the easy thing yo there's people who go and study japanese in school yeah. to then go there and but how teach much it. japanese do you need to know to teach english nothing i didn't yeah, know any of it no that's what I mean. okay i shouldn't say it's an easy job I, sh- I should rephrase it and say it's an easy entry point into getting a job 
It's easier to get the job. <laughs> Maybe the job itself is not easy, but it's easier to get that job as a foreigner who looks Caucasian, who speaks very good English naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you come from a native country, you have a hundred percent chance. There are several companies in Japan that are constantly hiring. But and is so, that like slave labor? Oh, dude, it's awful, man. Is it? Yeah. So my town, the the city I lived in in Kana, uh, Kanazawa, it's uh, the minimum wage is seven fifty an hour. USD, you're converting. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. USD. Uh, they they would pay nine dollars an hour. Okay, right. And if like depending on like bonuses, completion bonuses, and stuff like that, the highest you can get is eleven fifty an hour. Oh, that's really not a lot. No, man. Because at the end of the month, a month you would make eighteen hundred. Yeah, for a month's salary. Guys, by the way, I'm not sure if you realize this, Franklin, but now in New York City, they passed the laws where fast food restaurants like McDonald's the minimum wage is fifteen to eighteen dollars an hour. Yo. So technically, in America, you can work at a fast food joint. And make, make more double, yeah. Well, not double, but, but close, yeah, but definitely more, definitely more. Dude, it fucking sucks, man. So, how hard is it to find a job that's not English related if you're a foreigner going there? <laughs> it depends on your motivation level. So, you know, I worked at a coffee shop. I was a barista. Yeah, I worked at a like a farm to table restaurant. Okay, I worked at a hotel at reception. So, but I like I only did these jobs because my Japanese sucked <laughs> so bad. It was embarrassing. So. And yeah, I had coworkers who didn't speak any Japanese and they didn't care. They, oh. they were there just for the experience. And so a lot of people ended up going and leaving within a year. Oh, because they got their enjoyment. They were doing English teaching as just like a temporary gig to them yeah. in, in their eyes. Yeah. And then once they had enough of the culture or they got their fill, they went back. So, so I, I was talking to one of our mutual friends uh, and I was telling him, Japan has two types of foreigners that live there. Live there. Uh, one, you have the, the, like, the young like the young adventurous person who wants to experience this shit and like, hey, I want to live in Japan. Like I'm 20, I have no responsibilities, fuck the world and then just go. Yeah. Right? They're also terrible to work with because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right? And so they, they work there and then within, sometimes within like six months to a year, they're gone. And then you have the other person who, who fail at life in their own countries and so they go there and because they have nothing else left for themselves. Is that actually true though? Like those people... Dude, do those people that failed at something else in their current countries go there and start a quote-unquote new life? Do they realize that they're kind of like a pseudo-failure and that's the only reason why they're there? Because they think for whatever reason they can have a better life in Japan? 100%. They, they feel like, hey, I, have, I can achieve nothing in my own country, so I'm going to go to another country that is, I mean, economically speaking... Japan is what the third, fourth, fifth richest third, country, yeah, yeah. something like that, right? So U.S., not, China, and Japan, right? So it's not it's not a poor country. So you can live a good life there, mm-hmm. where you don't have to change a lot about what you do, right? But they fail, like so. Japan is getting a lot of the world's failures coming yo, in, and I think that's why maybe that's why a lot of man the people that I worked with, which is some of the laziest people in the world, and I I realized it's because oh, you failed in your own country. So you think you can come here yeah. and maybe succeed in this. Have you had any examples of those people actually succeeding or are they just a different type of failure now that they're <laughs> in a different country? Yo, yeah. 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 So I've met, I've met people who, who have lived in Japan 15, 20 years and they don't know any Japanese. Yo. Yo so that's a prime example. Not of gonna some- lie, if you are in any fucking foreign country for what, 15, 20 years, Yo, and like just by osmosis, you don't just pick up enough of that language? It's fucking bad, man. That's Failure. tough. It's a, but it's indicative of the kind of people you get there. But here's the thing. like I was going to say that the people that go there and live there for that long are making a choice to go there. And they're probably not in similar situations where, you know, how a lot of uh, foreigners come to America, first generation people come to America, and maybe they don't pick up the language after so long because they're too busy fucking like working these mom and pop shops and like sure, w- yeah. working like their yeah. asses off. So they don't have the time to pick up the language, right? So that I, I understand. There's lots of people that put their heads down, come to America, just really grind their ass off to just make like minimum wage for their family. So they don't have the time. Like, you know, my parents, a lot of people in my situation, sure. yeah. same thing. But in Japan, it's like you're there because you made a choice at a later part in your life and you're not necessarily there to like make money for a child or family. You're just there as another phase of your life. And you're there for 15, 20 years and you don't pick up the language. Don't pick up the language, can't get a driver's license. Like I've met people who still like 15 years later have, because you have to, so American licenses don't transfer there. So you have to take the test in Japanese. Yeah. Right. And, and there's the, no like English test. 
Uh, no, there isn't, right? <laughs> so you have to like know some basic words and stuff, but it's, it's so fucking easy. And so like maybe in the first month, I got my, my test. Oh, props to you. Yeah. Um, Did you cheat? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> didn't cheat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Yo, as a weird side note, if you guys have, have ever seen a US license, there's lots of security things on it. There's like biometrics. <laughs> it's like if you hold it up to the light, if you hold it at certain angles, there's like there's things to prevent a US driver's license slash ID to be uh to stop it from being counterfeited. Right, right, right. When Franklin showed me his Japanese license plate, I was like, someone printed this shit from like a like a Kinko's or something. Yo, you can print one out for sure. <laughs> it's on some flimsy paper. There is no biometric security anything on it. I was like, dude, this literally looks like you printed it from your printer. You maybe laminated it with like low quality laminate paper and you just trimmed it up. But that in some ways speaks to like the level of trust that like Japanese people have for yeah, its citizens, right? I mean, and you know, that's one of the huge differences in both countries that I'm getting used to right now too. It's, it's the amount of trust that you have in people and, Not and, to do the wrong thing, right? Or to do right, the right thing, right? The amount of stores that I went to that were pick up and pay with no clerks or people like within the store. You mean like the store had no workers? Yeah. So like on the corner of my street, there was a dumpling shop, right? Okay. And there was like uh, there's fresh dumplings that are made every day, and there's frozen dumplings that you can take home and continue freezing. And it's open 24 hours, and you go in three in the morning if you want. And you pick up dumplings and you pay for them. You scan them yourself and you pay. And there's no one working the store. So the inventory is just exposed. You walk into the store. There's no actual physical people there. The whole time. You, you just grab your food that you want. You put the money there. Yeah. there you, you pay however you need to and you just leave. And you just leave, right? Guaranteed if that shit was in America, it would be stolen by the first hour. Guaranteed. Yo, so I've heard of places that have these like things where you have like a basket and like it self checks out when you're walking out the store. Oh, and then okay, like, that's like, like through like Amazon or something. I'm not sure. Amazon Fresh or something has like, but not things. in New York. Not <laughs> in New York. They have these concepts of like these supermarket bodega mini mart kind of things where there is actually, I mean, there is workers they're stocking it, but yeah. there's no cashiers. So you take your basket and it's like pre-assigned to your Amazon account. So yes. when you leave, it scans. Yes. But I actually heard that they're closing down or they're stopping expanding of that because there is still increased theft. Because there's enough American citizens finding loopholes around it of course. to steal shit. But that's crazy that the idea that you can have any kind of place where it's like honesty, right? Just take however much you want, pay the proper amount, get changed. Like, are you paying in cash or are you what? Yeah, you can pay in cash. You, pay, you, you pay exact cash. You, you pay cash. exact cash. Like but there's there, a box, right? But there, no, a lot of places have like uh, machines you pay. Uh-huh. So in... Uh, for maybe ninety percent of the stores there, you you have a kiosk that you finish your transaction with. Yeah. So there is no, you're not exchanging cash. I think a lot of it has to do with COVID in Japan. Yeah. You're not exchanging money with the clerk. Okay. Uh, if you are using a clerk, there's like a side station. They'll tell you like, oh, go to number five, go to number three. That's crazy. Like, and you and so you can in America, if someone says go to number three, you can just walk out. You can just walk the fuck out. Yeah. And I'm sure some people would, but not in Japan. Not in Japan. So yeah. Another thing that's like a trust factor is you were telling me how like there's a lot of vending machines around. You said some vending machines actually sell alcohol. Yeah. And then we were talking about how like, yo, you know how kids in America are always trying to get like free liquor. There'll be kids like standing in front of a a bodega and they'll wait for some adult to come by and they'll ask the adult to like go into the bodega, buy liquor on their behalf with the money and try to get it. But in Japan, there's just like freestanding vending machines in some places that just have alcohol. So technically... A underage Japanese kid could just go up to the vending machine, buy it. Yeah. But you're saying, generally speaking, they don't. Yeah. So I had a, I had a lot of uh, students, right? Eventually, I got my own students, like private lessons mm-hmm. after my time there. And I would have younger students who are like 17, 18, 19, uh, 19 years old, have never tried alcohol. What's the legal age for 20, drinking? 20. 20, 20 okay. is for drinking. On, uh, smoking, they recently changed it because they changed voting. Uh, Voting was before 20. So 20 before maybe five years ago, let's say, yeah. was the, the age you turn into an adult. 20. 20. Okay. But they changed some of those rules and laws recently because of the declining population. Yeah. There's less and less young That's people. That's one of my favorite reoccurring topics on this podcast, declining Japanese birth rates. Yo, bro, Japan does not have the lowest birth rate. Okay, here's the thing. We talked about this, right? The birth rate in Japan is not the lowest. It's like the birth rate in America is, te- is technically lower. It's lower. The birth yes. rate. But because we have a higher quantity of people <laughs> fucking, that even though a lower percentage of a higher number means we're having more babies. No, so population is still increasing in, in America, right? Yes, may- maybe it's 
quality over quantity. So there might be less fucking, but it's the right amount. <laughs> it's but, just the right amount. <laughs> no, but dude, it's uh, I think a lot of it has to do with you know, it's an island nation, so you just can't like pass the border. There's yes. no swimming across the Rio Grande, right? Or there is well, guys. Uh, in case you're not in America, that's the river that uh divides America from uh, Mexico south of us. Okay, yes. please continue. So so <laughs> you're not like swimming across of it or across it, right? You have to swim like the Sea of Japan, right? But who in South Korea wants to like swim? Be- right. There's no better life. It's life is just as good. I mean, maybe I would think life is just as good in yeah. South Korea. But besides that, you know, it's so difficult to get a job, right? In in Japan, and you know, it's not very inviting for foreigners. Yes, I've really heard that Japan as a culture, like government wise at least, is not very hospitable or yes. like, to foreigners coming into their country, even though that they have this. There are in need of workers, right? So in a lot of other countries need. around the world where if your population is not sufficient to carry all the jobs that it requires of the economy, mm-hmm. that you would open up your borders in some way to allow foreigners to yeah. come in to take in a lot of those jobs so that your country runs to its full capacity. But even though right. in Japan, there are in need of labor, period. Huge need. That they don't open up their borders as much. There's this like mindset where it's like, we can do this on our own. We can do this on our own. Yeah. Right. And a lot of countries have that mindset too, right? There's, you know, in America and Europe, right? With, like, there's a huge mi- migrant crisis happening in Europe. Yeah. Right. And, but borders are open, right? I feel like there should be limitations. Of course. Of a, course. Yeah. A nation can only handle so much yes, at a yes, time. Yes. But Japan has such low numbers yeah. in accepting, even, even for people who are coming abroad to study. It's, yes, it's it, hard. And this is like even pre COVID, it was the same thing too. Yeah. yeah. COVID yeah. just gave them a more, legitimate reason to yeah. further hamper down their yeah, borders yeah and there's a huge population of like filipinos uh people from uh nepal or bangladesh that want to travel to japan for huge. work or just like tourist work. travel no work and okay. work and live and you know you do meet a lot of them but you know they themselves tell me how much it is and you know and you translate that to us dollars for like your average uh nepal person nepalese yeah that's very difficult to attain yeah that number so you mean the money will cost to move to Japan? Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I feel like I'm not saying Japan should like supplement it, but maybe they should. Again, there are not enough workers. This is fact for sure, right? And most of the young people now are not entering these like blue collar jobs, yes, yes, right? Yes, yes. These are a lot of these kids are entering universities to work at these finance centers or whatever, or like institutions. White collar jobs, exactly. Right. So. That where the jobs are needed, they're not being filled. So that's a problem. So I have a couple questions that I previously yeah. wrote down uh, talking about like what it is to live in Japan. I think some of these are more the more common questions. Um, number one, is it expensive to live in Japan? No. No, this mindset... I mean, it's, you know, people say, oh, it's expensive in Tokyo. Yeah, no fucking shit. It's the biggest city in the world. People don't realize that Japan is not just Tokyo. It's like saying America is just New York City. New York City is not inclusive of all of America. Yeah. Right? It's maybe what you think about when you first think of America. But this entire fucking country, there's like so many other places aside from New York City. So, so it's the same thing when foreigners or people on YouTube and shit, you watch like, oh, Japan is just like Tokyo or like, what's another one? Like uh, Osaka? Osaka. Like, it's not just that, right? There's no. many islands. What is it? Japan includes like nearly 7,000 separate yeah, islands. The, the Japanese archipelago that goes all the way down to Okinawa. It's so many islands. And they're all... I can't say all, but there are a lot. They're occupied and they're they're inhabitants, like Japanese people living on. We're gonna go into a quick explainer about like how exactly it is separated in Japan. So in America, we have the country of America, and then we have fifty states. Yeah. And then within each state, we then have uh, cities, and then within each city, sometimes they have separate towns or sure communities. Yeah. Like yeah, how yeah. is it divided in Japan? Just so, so people have an idea. So it's it's Japan. Japan's small, right? You maybe people don't realize how small it is, but so Japan is it's relatively small. If if you live in the U.S. The way I can say it is from Maine to maybe Georgia or Florida mm-hmm. in terms of length. Yeah. And from width, it's from like, let's say, uh, New York to not even Chicago, uh, maybe it's a little bit before that. So, so it's, it's like the upper, the northern eastern part of the US, like a little 20% chunk of it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Probably smaller than that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so Japan, it's Japan. It's divided into 47 prefectures. 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 That's, That's like our equivalent of states, you would say? It's exactly the same thing. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know why we wouldn't, why they don't call it states or why we don't call it prefectures. Exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. It's the same word. So, uh, and within that, they are divided into uh, like areas, right? Um, so each prefecture has different areas. Uh, so sometimes they mix the pre, so, you know, in, in the US, right, we have the states and then there's the Northeast. Yeah. 
And then within the Northeast, there's the metro area. The oh, metro okay. area is like New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, right? They have the same thing, right? Okay. So there is the states, but there's also areas. The area I lived in was called Chubu. Chubu? Chubu. Sounds delicious, please. And then within that area, I lived in Hokuriku. Hokuriku? Hokuriku is three states. Okay. Prefectures, which is Toyama, Ishikawa, and Fukui. Okay. And then I lived in Ishikawa Prefecture. Okay. And within that, I lived in Kanazawa City. Right. Okay. That you you lost me <laughs> at every level. If some listener actually followed along with this, the only reason I actually know that you live in, in Kanazawa is what? because they have a Pokemon Center. They do. They do. <laughs> so when you told me which area you were moving to, I was like, remember I told you I was like, oh, they have a Pokemon Center over yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It's yeah. very popular. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine. It's very popular. Okay. Oh, that's my vacuum going off. Hold on. I'm gonna pick up my phone and I tell my vacuum to shut the fuck up. What time does it turn on? Uh, it turns on at eleven all the time. So I'm gonna press my button on my phone. Nice. The vacuum is gonna turn off and we're gonna continue this conversation. Rich people life. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's how it's broken down. And then, like, in terms of addresses, you were telling me, like, it was kind of confusing, too, right? Because oh, here in America, you live at the cross-section of, let's say, like, yeah. 200th Street and, yeah. like, Maple Avenue, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you find addresses in Japan? So, so yeah, so the states and the cities and the towns are broken down the same way as in the U.S., right? Just with different Bigger, names. Bigger, smaller, 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 right? Uh, there are no streets. There isn't, like, 5th Avenue, 7th no. Avenue, 10th Street. Street, 10th Street. No, there are no names. So, within the smallest... Yeah, so... I lived in Kanazawa City. Gotcha. And then in Kanazawa City, I lived in the town. Don't say the actual address because someone might find you. I lived in the town of Magira. Okay. So I lived in Magira Machi. Okay. Machi means town. Though, so Ma- Magira town. Gotcha. And within that, it's divided into uh, something called Chome. 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 Is that the equivalent of streets? Uh, or is it just more chunks? Chome, blocks? The equivalent of Chome is the equivalent of like uh, district. Districts? Okay. District within that town. Yeah. So there's like, it can be from one to nine chome. Yes. Right. But mine was four or five. Depends on the size of your town. Yeah. Right. And within that chome, it's like a chunk of buildings. And okay. it's the, every building has a name. Like a name, not a number. Yeah. Right? So my building name was the Grand Maison. So and it was the, a French name. And these names are in, in kind of any order, right? So it's not like... Apple Street is next to Banana Street, which is next to Cherry Street, which is oh, next no. to like... Okay, it's not like that. It's just random names. Random names given. And sometimes a name isn't even posted on the building. Huh. You just have to know. Damn. You see, like that's the small little things that you don't think about when you move to a foreign country. It's like, how do I use a map? How does this map and finding addresses differ from my concept of an address yeah. in Go- America? Google Maps didn't even work What's the well. map of choice over there? That's not Google Maps. Google Maps. <laughs> you know, is it still Google Maps? A lot of people used Apple. Apple, like Apple, Apple Maps, Maps is better yeah. over there. Apple's big. Because I heard in South Korea, Apple Maps is actually better than Google Maps. It for... actually might be better, but I, I, I never used it. I, I've always used Google Maps because I yeah. can save all my locations and I have everything. Oh, set so it's like a lot easier for you to do that. For me, but if someone sends you an address, yeah. like I live at this, this, this address, and you put it in Google Maps, has no fucking idea. You, yeah, it does. You're like you're fucking lost. You're going uh, like on a ten hour drive somewhere. That's crazy. Okay, so we're saying like you were saying it's actually not that expensive to live in Japan, even no. though people have this idea that's expensive because Japan is not just Tokyo. I don't know where people got this idea because I think you see on YouTube and social media like people only visit the major cities, right? But even in the major cities, a place like Tokyo is yeah. just as expensive as New York. Well, I think our relative idea of expensive is a bit oh. skewed because we're because we're from New York City. That's true. So what we think is expensive probably is not as expensive it's like someone from the midwest of america yeah. takes their okay housing costs and okay. then compares it to, to, to japan maybe it's expensive but for us we're like oh it's the same as new york city but that's because new york city is fucking expensive to begin yeah. with yeah it fucking sucks yeah yeah i'm I, that's one of the big culture shocks coming back like i'm i'm getting culture like i'm readjusting to new york life and that's yeah. one of the things is the price pricing i lived here my whole life i know what pricing is in new york but you gotten used to your Japanese pricing. Yeah, but I'm like, I went to the supermarket and I saw like, just like milk, and I was like, is milk cheap in Japan? Cause I don't know, cheaper, cheaper. Yeah, what everything. Is more, what is more expensive in Japan? The fruit is expensive. Fruits, yeah. So a mango is like ten bucks in Japan. Holy shit, that is mad expensive. Here, three for five bucks. You were at my son's uh, birthday party. I was telling you that the watermelon was like seven dollars. Yeah. It's, it's gigantic. Well, Japan is a country known for these like super bougie, expensive fruits. Yeah. Like $100 watermelons. Do the, people actually eat those fruits on a day-to-day basis? Or do they use them more as like gifts to it's give gifting. to people? It's just gifting. gifting. It's gifting. Yeah. It's a gifting because culture. One, they're expensive. Uh, and so when you give it to someone, it's like a good... It looks nice. 
It looks nice. If I give you like a bunch of dull bananas from America, does that look nice? <laughs> like, <laughs> like in the plastic wrapping, it doesn't look as nice, right? Bro, but the but the fruits are good. It actually is it's good. Good quality, yeah, man. Yeah. The rarely like if you buy it sometimes like so it was peach season not too long ago. Peaches are my favorite fruit, but they're oh, fucking expensive. That's a weird thing to say. Whoa, no, they are coming from you. I don't know, man. Peaches like okay. Peaches, like a, a good peach right now in America, because we're at the start of peach season right now, it's probably like three, four bucks, which is expensive as is for like one singular medium-sized peach. Wouldn't it be cheaper if it's the season? Yeah, you would think so, but no. be- yeah, it's, it's not. So peaches are expensive over there right now? Yeah, yeah. So two peaches are like $15. Yeah, it's expensive. So, that's, that's expensive so in America. I, I, bought, I bought these peaches as a gift. So one of our friends let me borrow their car. Yeah. And so, oh, gifting, man. You have to gift for everything. There's always a gift. You if you travel, you always have to bring souvenirs. Must omiyage like mean, a, within Japan. If you're visiting like family, <sighs> friends, and everything, bro. If you go to the next prefecture, the next state over, yeah, right for like a day trip, yeah, you're bringing back souvenirs. Oh, uh, you I think must. that's okay. Like no, for everything, souvenirs is normal. But you're saying whenever you meet someone or see them after a while, you always have to gift them something. Okay, I'll give you an example. My um, one of my friends let me borrow their car for a day. Yeah. Right. Uh, I needed a car to let me borrow it. Yeah. So you know, I obviously filled it up with gas. I took it to a wash, cleaned it up. I even cleaned the inside. <laughs> right. Just because I was really grateful. Right. And then my wife's like, "You have to get him something else. That's not enough." Oh, so besides, I'm like, just, their, their tank was empty. <laughs> I filled it up. You for gave them. a full tank. You gave them like a a uh, wax and polish on their car, detailing inside. Yeah. The works. All to borrow their car, and that's not sufficient for you, like four hours. It wasn't like. <laughs> On one day, and so, you still have to get them a gift. Yeah, so I for bought them, lending you the thing. I bought them peaches. Oh, those those expensive ass peaches. It was fifteen dollars peaches for two, so they're seven fifty each. Hey guys, like, I guess this makes like a great life hack. If your car is dirty in Japan, just let Frank borrow it for a couple of hours. <laughs> it's cheaper than sending it to the car wash. Yo, <laughs> yeah, free. and then he'll give it back to you along with the peaches. Yo, the car wash, the gas, the peaches was like I don't know, like seven thousand yen for everything. Okay, so it's not that expensive to live in Japan, generally speaking. And even no. if you're in like the, uh, the major cities, it's not really that bad. Okay, so that's a misconception. Uh, we talked about the Japanese language. It is somewhat yeah. difficult to learn. It's, no, it's very difficult. Second most difficult language. It's terrible. It's, it's great when you start picking it up and you start yeah. learning. But like trying to learn all three different alphabets and trying to... Because they use all three alphabets in one sentence sometimes. The katakana, hiragana, and kanji. Can you explain those three katakana? Yeah, so hiragana is like the kids learn hiragana from an early age. Okay. And that's uh, like phonetic, all right? And there's, okay, okay. I forget how many characters, 40, 50 something. Okay. And katakana is the equivalent of that, but they use that for foreign words, right? So that's how you know how to distinguish between... Uh, native Japanese words and foreign. Not all okay, the so time. There's like certain words that are like from English that is there is no Japanese equivalent. They'll use katakana to sound out those foreign words. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, and then there's kanji, which is Chinese characters. Yeah. So right? sometimes when I actually see Japanese writing, I am familiar with some of those characters because I know they stole them from my country. Like I don't know who stole them. I don't Ooh, know. Triggering. I don't know who's who incorporated from who, but some of those. No, we know who. Yeah. It's like um, the Japanese kanji word for month. Yeah, that's the same in Chinese. Yeah, a lot of the words. Yeah, it's is that a debate where people like no, no, who took whose language? No, that's away? just my lack of um, knowledge about history. So, I, so I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I don't know. Who, <laughs> Are you afraid? I don't know who who took whose language or whatever. Japanese will definitely took it from China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what's next on my thing? Okay, so. This is a big question. Sometimes when people picture food in Japan, yeah. what are they picturing? They're fucking only picturing like ramen, ramen and sushi. Yo, ramen is Chinese, dude. Ch- t- ramen is technically Chinese. I know in some ways it has... Yeah. Its co- yeah. No, ramen is Chinese food. I know. I know. It is Chinese food because it's taken from ramen. Japanese people love Chinese food. <laughs> no, no, but yeah. So ramen is not even Japanese. Yes. But yes, that's what you think On of. On the yeah. day-to-day, like yeah. besides ramen and sushi, what do people actually, like you and your family, because... Maybe you're in a different situation because you live there with your family. So your household meals are a little bit different. But like, what do generally people eat? Or is the stereotype true that they really just eat a lot of sushi and ramen? So no, that's not true at all. Um, you know, there are like conveyor belt sushi restaurants. And that's really popular uh, because that's where you take your family. Oh, it's uh, like a fun time. Like yeah, fun yeah, yeah. It's just like you go and it's super cheap. Like, oh man, I was talking to Steven about this. And, and you know, one, one sushi, right? Like say you get salmon sushi, right? Yeah. In America, he was telling, what was it? Was it $3? Like $3. Like okay, three something maybe per I was plate. talking to you about it, right? It was like three, three per plate. Over there is a dollar, right? And so you can have a really, for a family of four, we would go sometimes because we don't want to cook. And for the whole family, it'd be like 
3,000, 4,000 yen, which is the equivalent of like $35. That is really cheap. Right? <laughs> For a family of four. <laughs> you must match. Sometimes when you go out to get like takeout here in like New York, you go to lunch, you get like a drink and like a takeout box or something. It's like 20 bucks already. I know, dude. It's crazy. But is the rumors true? Is sushi in Japan actually that much better than sushi in America? Because you've had a lot of both. A thousand percent. Is it? A thousand percent. Why yeah. is that the case though? Be- because so much product is moved so constantly, there is no bad fish. Mm. It's constantly fresh. Even at these like chains, right? Where the quality is not as good as if you go to like an actual sushi restaurant. Yeah. The supply is constantly moving so much, so fast yeah. that you have... It's better. Would you even say like the fast food equivalent sushi in Japan is maybe on the same level as like some higher end sushi places here? Yes. Which is crazy to think because you pay so much for American style omakase meals. <laughs> and I'm sure like those 10, 12 pieces, you could go to a conveyor belt sushi in Japan Bro, and get like the same exact quality. Yeah, right? these omakase, like if you go to these fancy Japanese restaurants in New York, they charge you 150, 200, 250 for the more whole meal. Yeah. for like a 10 course meal. Exactly. Right? Looking back now, being, having lived there, I, I look at the food and I'm like, man, I can, I can eat this for 10 bucks. All of this. For 10 bucks. Yeah. And you can have it like on the daily and it's not anything special. It's not anything special. Yeah. So besides that, pe- there, there, you know, there's other types of food that people eat daily. Like, what is something that maybe some American Westerners would know that Japanese people tend to eat more of besides like ramen and sushi? Pe- people love udon and soba. Oh, that's true. Right? People love it. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a thing that people eat often. There are other family style restaurants that do uh, like Hamburg, which is not hamburger. <laughs> Yo. Is, Different. <laughs> Hamburger's bread. Is Hamburg. that katakana? Is that like translated over from hamburger or hamburg? Yes, it is. Yeah, right? So it's just a fat piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Not fatty, but it's like, and it, sometimes you put cheese in it. It's over rice and there's veggies on the side. And that's. Guys, just picture like if someone gave you an American style, like thicker hamburger just took away the carbs the bread yeah. it put that over rice with some sauce yeah that's yeah, what it yeah. is right hamburger steak yeah yeah like they do like a demi-glace sauce demi-glace sauce yes yeah yes. that's it yeah but but japanese food in japan is good did you cook for the household or did your wife cook for the household for, for your kids i mean for like a more at home meal so we cooked most of the time okay uh, that's good my wife and i we split it oh so i would maybe cook four times a week five okay. times a week depending on because my schedule was very open during that yes. specific yes. time um, and you know, but she's a much better cook. So I would, I would prefer to clean and keep things tidy. Uh, she's a, she's a much better cook. That's good. Um, the next thing is like when you're moving to Japan, some people don't realize that Japan is fucking hot as hell. People do not realize Dude. this. People do not. It's a weird thing when you watch all this stuff on social media that maybe not enough people are talking about how fucking Japan, it is hot. Dude, it's bad. Yeah. It's like every day, to the, at least the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to my wife and kids back home and they're, every day it's like 35 degrees, 36 degrees. Oh boy, we talk in Fahrenheit. I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're trying to convert. No, I legitimately don't know when people talk Celsius. I don't know relatively what is that. Uh, <laughs> 90... Something. Let's say 90 something. 95 plus. Yeah. Is it humid or is it dry? And it's humid. Well, where we live, so fucking humid. <laughs> 80, 90% daily basis. Oh, God. That's like on the borderline of it's about to rain, but it's not. It's just like yeah. a thick velvet yeah. air yeah. all you around. Can, the haze is so bad, you can't like see the center of town. But yeah. where we live, we can kind of see the buildings and mm-hmm. uh, no, you can't. Did you have a hard time adjusting to that hot, humid weather over there? No, we were close to the beach. We we're close to the mountains. And man, Japan, the, pe- the people uh, love to be outdoors. Yes. And so there are so many hiking trails. Uh, everything's so well kept. So accessibility to being outside without killing yourself. Yeah. It's, it's great. Would you say like now having lived over there and being back here for a little bit, if you had to go to Japan at certain points in your life, maybe not your life, but just a hypothetical person's life, would you think it's better for them to go when they're single and by themselves or with a family, a kid or two? So there's something I do want to say. And I think for anybody thinking about moving to Japan, uh, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. And no matter where you are in your life, single, kids, whatever. However, yeah. So it's going to be difficult unless you go with family. Because with your family, you have a support network, right? So my, my kids speak Japanese fluently. So they were able to assimilate really well. They went to school. They made friends. My wife too. She got a job right away. So she had coworkers. She stayed busy. It's where she grew up also. Yeah. For me, it was nothing. Right, so it was it was during COVID too. So I there was no way to meet people. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's very difficult to adjust. I don't think people realize. Yeah, people say like, oh, I've lived in this country before in this country. But until you've lived in a country that is completely foreign, it's not the same if you go to live in the UK as a New Yorker. Right, because you can speak English. Right. You and can you, get around. Yeah. People can tell you're American, but you still can talk a similar language. Western culture is Western culture. Yes. Right? But when you move to a country that's very different from your own... So the plus side of you going there with your family is a lot of people who maybe go there single feel a sense of homesickness. But because oh, you have dude. your family there to keep you grounded, even though you yourself are in a foreign country, every day you come back home and you have your family there with yeah, you. Man, it keeps you like, together. The amount of people that... And I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of like, young kids that go there for six months and leave. And they leave not because the fun is over, but because they feel so alone. Homesick. I, I, I want to say homesick, but it's more than that. It's not just missing a burger. It's not just missing seeing your mom. You feel isolated. Mm. Because people, uh, generally speaking, people in Japan are not the kind of people that are... They're super nice. Oh, man. Everyone in Japan is super nice and accommodating and friendly. Mm -hmm. But they will not openly try to greet you, right? Everyone's it's hard to make deep friendships with a foreigner, you're saying. Like, culturally speaking, there is a barrier there. Yes, yes. To, to, if you've made the friend, it's hard to make the deep connection. Yes. And if you haven't made the friend, it's hard to make a connection to begin with. Yeah. Um, because there's always this, like, people don't talk to each other like the way they do here. Right. You, there are no bars where you can go like, hey, what's your name? It's, it, that doesn't happen. It just, you just don't do that, right? Not, not, maybe in Tokyo and maybe in Osaka, big cities. Where there are used to a lot of foreigners. Yeah. It doesn't happen in everywhere else. Okay. So alone. Alone. Alone is what you will feel. And if you are thinking about moving there, be prepared for that. After the year, it's going to be fine. Okay. You, you adjust. Uh, so you were in, in a good situation where you went there with family. Yeah, I just, I just played with my kids. Oh. <laughs> like, hey, man, what are you doing? Homework. Not anymore. Let's go for a bike ride. Um, is Japan as futuristic and technologically advanced as the world makes it sound to you? Because like, when you watch like, what's that stupid game? Uh, Cyberpunk or something? Like, sometimes people picture Japan as like, that game Cyberpunk in yeah. like, many ways. Is it as advanced? Maybe in like, Tokyo or like, larger cities? Hmm. Uh, 100% fucking no. No? Dude, not at all. No. <laughs> when I applied for my first job, I had to fax my resume. <laughs> fax. Yes. I was like, can I email it? Sorry, no. Yeah. Can I bring it to you? Physically. No. I need to fax my resume. Damn. They use faxes. And they also have a weird system for when you sign your thing, right? You have to bring a stamp around. Yeah, yeah. So everyone has like your own personalized... It's called a hankel. Hankel. Yeah. And it's like a stamp. And it's usually your, your name, right? It could be your like family name or it could be your whole name. In kanji. In, in kanji, right? Uh, and it's part of signing documents because you know you write people write their name in the in your the Chinese characters in kanji. Yeah, and then I love how you say Chinese characters when talking about Japanese language. Yo, don't, please continue. <laughs> they're, they're Chinese characters, <laughs> and, and and then you ha you have to stamp it. Yeah. And so as a foreigner, I needed to get one too. So I had one made. How did you choose your character? Did you just pick any random character? No, no, no. It's phonetic, so it there's a correct way. Oh. So, so like your, I gave your son uh, a shirt that says. Yeah. In Katakana. Yeah. That is the correct way to write. There is no other way to write. Okay. And if someone writes it different, they're fucking wrong. Okay. Gotcha. I'm sure you're going to have someone telling you, like, that's not how you write his name. Tell them they're a fucking idiot. Oh, so you have to sign your signature with a pen and then you also have to stamp. Yes. Must stamp. Must stamp. So most official documents require both of those things. Yes. That's something that that's completely different than a lot of other countries, I would say. Yeah. It's almost as if, like, you're. Like putting your blood print on something. You yeah. Mean, like you're signing well, something. And Japanese then people are, are surprised when I tell them that we don't have hankles. They're like, you guys don't have hankles? Like we just sign stuff? Yeah. They, I, every time I mention it to a student, they're yeah. like, what? Is that a cultural thing? Or is that like actually a security level thing? It's a cultural thing. A cultural that thing. Adds, no, what security does that add? Because you can hand me your physical stamp. I can just forge your written signature and just stamp it. With there it, is right? no... Yeah, there are no security measures in that whatsoever. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a cultural thing. Okay, sure. A uh, couple quick things and then we'll all wrap up this conversation. Why do the Japanese people love KFC during Christmas? And is this actually true? Yes, it is. What? Where did, oh, Colonel, that, like, where did Colonel Sanders invade Japan during Christmas? So they don't call it KFC. They call it Kentucky. Kentucky? Kentucky. Oh my God, yes. It's like, oh, have you been to KFC? KFC, uh, what <laughs> Like, oh, uh, Ken, uh, Kentucky. 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 Oh, Kentucky. Oh, wakaru. So if people aren't aware, in Japan... The way that they celebrate Christmas is it's very so you know how like in America when it's Thanksgiving we get like a turkey right that is like the symbol of 
Thanksgiving in America. For some very odd reason, and you don't know this, I really don't know this, but in Japan, when they celebrate Christmas, it's very traditional to have a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Specifically Yo, that chain. Not fried chicken. Bro. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Or as you would like to say, Kentucky. 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 Kentucky E is super busy around Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. But it's not just that. It's during like the holiday season. If you, you have to pre-order. It's like I got to pre-order. <laughs> bro. There are, in my town, there were three uh, Kentuckys, uh, KFCs. Yes. And, man, packed. And it's not cheap. It's not, right? No. Because it's a celebratory meal, apparently. Man, it's crazy. Why is it? Did you get some Kentucky Fried Chicken? We did. Yo, question, because you've had the both. Does, does it taste exactly the same? It's exactly the same. I, as a person that used to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken, I was like, it, it all just comes in the bag. You the same used to work at Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah it just, like, it's the same seasoning in the bag. So I'm sure they just import the seasoning mix over there in the same exact thing. Maybe the chicken protein is slightly different, right? Exactly the same. No, it tastes the same, man. It's Damn. good. It's good. It's good, and it I reminds like you of America. You don't like KFC? I mean, as a person that worked there, I think that's probably I have too much of it. Okay, that that's another weird thing. Uh, vending machine culture. We talked about this. Is there actually vending machines everywhere across Japan, cities, small places, yeah. in the parks, in the bathrooms, whatever? Yeah, that's all true. I've heard that in some like mountain hikes, when you get up to the top of a mountain, there'll be a vending machine there. Yeah, so so like let's say where I lived, my building had a vending machine. Yeah, just just like a regular residential building. Everywhere you go, there are vending machines. And I don't remember. So I, I climbed uh, Mount Fuji last year. Yeah. And on the top of Mount Fuji, there were vending machines. You're that, right. Who's now that servicing I the vending machines at the top of at Mount Fuji? At the Fu- top of Mount Fuji. So we, there, were, there, were, there were huts along the way where you can get food. But even at the top, you can get like a bowl of ramen or gyudon. From a vending machine? No, no, no. So that's from okay. like, uh, there are people working the shops. Okay. The shops uh, along the path to the top of the mountain. Right, right. And at the top too, at the summit, there are like little shops where you can go in and you can get like ramen, a bowl of ramen at the top of uh, Fujisan. Yeah, it's crazy because in America, when you go at the, type of, at the top of every hike, there is nothing there. There is legit nothing there. You're there for the scenery and then you realize, oh, fuck, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to go back down to get real food. That's why like in America... Post hike meals are so good. It's so good because you're malnourished during the whole hike. Yeah, but like I can yeah. imagine in Japan, if you, if the climax of the hike is not just the view, but like a nice bowl of well, hot ramen. This, this is Mount Fuji. It's different. I, okay, we're fine. talking about you know the other other mountains that are just as beautiful. Yeah, um, don't won't have any of that. Okay, fair enough. Um, um, and yes, vending machines everywhere. Every fucking where. My next question, and maybe this this might be the final one, is um, is Pokemon actually everywhere? Yeah. Is that is it actually everywhere? Like it's scattered across like random, I don't know, cutlery, stickers, characters, people love advertising it. Oh, everywhere. Dude, yeah. Like is Pokemon as much of the cultural importance and heritage in that country as we see it from the outside looking in? Yeah. Oh hundred percent. Uh so our town did a collaboration, I guess. And all our potholes, like our man covers, yeah, on the streets, uh, are designed with Pokemon. That is crazy. Uh they're beautiful. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> are they still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's it's there indefinitely now as part of the collaboration. That, that's part of the city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they have that. Yeah, Pokemon's... Uh, people love Pokemon. Uh, and kids grow up with it. Is there like a cartoon equivalent of Pokemon there that's popular that maybe we don't know about? So you know how like there's What's a- the thing with the brown character? His head is like a circle. His head is like a circle. Ampanman. Ampanman, yes. Ampanman. Ampanman's big for kids. Yeah. Right? There's Ampanman, Doraemon. Right? Doraemon, Doraemon is uh, the cat, right? The robot the cat. The blue cat. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the blue cat that has the pocket where he can take random stuff out of Doraemon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. And so for kids, that's huge. Yeah. But you know, you know how like Americans or just maybe not just Americans, but Western cultures is a big fascination with anime? Yes, huge right? fascination. It's the same thing over there. People love their anime, but either you love it or you just don't pay attention to okay, it. Okay, fine. Because so it's a hit or miss with everybody. But it is actually as big as we see it. Because you know me, I love anime, I love manga, I love Pokemon. All these things about Japan, like I love it too. But I'm always curious about, like, if you grew up there as a kid growing up, is that actually ex- are, are you actually exposed to that culture, like what we think it is? Yes, 100. percent Okay, that's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, yeah. at least that's not a misconception. Let me see if I have a couple more on my list before we try to wrap this up. Um, where the fuck is that list? There are uh, there are game centers uh, where they have like arcades. They call them game centers. Game Santa. Game Santa. Uh, and they have these um. Uh, what do you call those machines again? I already forgot the word for it. Cranes? Claw machines? Are they called claw machines? The ones where you grab prizes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah claw yeah. machines. Are they called claw machines? Did you forget all your English living over there? I feel like you just made that up. I no, think there's it's a, a claw better... machine. 
Crane games, claw machines. Crane games. Yes. Same thing. That's sure. totally the same thing. Sure. Okay. So they have entire shops with just these. Oh, you know, not one, not two. You're talking about the three, entire place is just four hundred different claw games. That's crazy. And a lot of them have Pokemon in it. Okay. The final misconception I, I just want to talk about is like there is a stereotype that businessmen, salarymen in Japan tend to work too fucking hard. Like here in America, traditionally it's nine to five, clock in, clock out. Yeah. What's the work culture like? And I know you weren't exactly a part of the salaryman culture, but from your experience, what you've heard, what is like this workaholic culture that's in Japan? It's true. Uh, salarymen do work uh, very hard. Uh, I'll give you two examples uh, to just speak to that. Uh, one, there's something called a tanjifunin. Tanjifunin. There's a word just specifically for this kind of salaryman. And it is a salaryman that has been transferred into another state away from their family. And so in Japanese culture, if your boss says, hey... I'm sending you... So let's say I live in Ishikawa, wherever I live. Hey, I'm sending you to Kanagawa. I'm sending you to Shizuoka, which is not close. It's like a seven, eight hour drive. Yeah. You can't say no. Like it would be unheard of to say no. You might as well quit. Okay. Because I, if you say no to this, things won't be as easy in your work life anymore. Damn. So, so you don't say no. And so you're moved for two or three years across the entire country away from your family. And so... The Japanese have made a word. I don't know how old this word is. I'm sure it's culture. So for these men, specifically men who live away from their family. That's and crazy. And so a lot of my students, right? It's like, oh, you know, what do you do with your dad? It's like, oh, he lives in... He's, oh, he's a tanjifunin. He's, uh, he's somewhere else for work right now. Yeah. And he'll yeah. be back in a couple of years probably. And so it's normal. Yeah. So that's one example of okay. work culture, right? And so... It's so serious. You can't just say... You can't half-ass work. It's unheard of here in the US for your boss to be like, hey, we're going to move you to California. Be like, be fuck like, no, I just yeah. quit. If I not, fuck I'm you! Yeah, like, yeah, or like, sure, move my whole family with me. Yes, relocate us all together. Yeah. But uh, in there, it's super common. And That's crazy. It, and no, and it's a thing where like you move to this city and then they'll move you again and again and again and again. Damn. You have no roots anywhere. It's like a chess game, just like moving around for the hell of it. Yeah. So what's the second example you're talking about? So the second example about work culture there is that you cannot take off on Friday or Monday because you are deemed as someone who's taking advantage of your weekend. Oh, so there are no three-day weekends in Japan. No. Oh, fuck that. So, so yeah, you know, here people say like, oh, you know, Japanese people work so hard. They do. But I feel like Americans work hard too. Like yeah. we, we are often working 60, 70 hour weeks, right? Right. But... We also take our PTOs. We also take our vacation days. A lot of, a lot of people do. Not yes, everyone. I hear in Japan, it's unheard of that for people to actually use their vacation days. You, know, you may get the benefit of that as a package with your employment, but you're not expected to actually use your vacation days. 100%. People do not. And so people often wait. There are two big, uh, three big times where there's time off. There's Obon. Obon? Obon is during the August That's season. a gray whiskey, by the way. Or is that Obon? That's Obon. Oh. <laughs> so this is Obon. Uh, and Obon is happening actually starting this Friday. And it's, this is when everyone takes off. So it's, okay. And there's Golden Week, which is uh, in May. Okay. Uh, and then there's uh, like the Christmas time. And so everyone waits for just these times to take time off. Damn. Okay. Dude, if you take Friday off, man, they're going to, they're going to, I'm sure they're going to haze you. I've had many people tell me, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't do it. You okay, don't have three day week. If you want to move to Japan, there's a lot of things to consider, I guess. We're going to get to our favorite part of the whole podcast. This is a, this is a part of the podcast. It's called Ranting and Raving, where uh, me, normally Ben, and the guest, normally the guest is Asian, would uh, take a couple minutes just to rant about something shitty going on in their lives, completely unrelated, or rave about something good, completely unrelated. I'm going to start this part off. Okay, um, okay. Franken here has a mother, and his mother makes very good empanadas. Yo, yo. Very good empanadas, cornmeal empanadas. Like They're absolutely delicious. The best ones ever. I'll even leave the link down below if you guys want to order them if you're in the tri-state. tri-state. If you're in the New York area, the general Queens area. But um, I look forward to, to these empanadas, right? And Frank, I brought some of these <laughs> empanadas to my son's birthday party recently and I ate a couple of them. I even told my own father to stop eating my empanadas because... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have two douchebag friends of ours that came to this party. Damn. They just randomly ate my empanadas and now I have far less empanadas. You people, I know you listen to this podcast, the two of you. Fuck you, by the way. <laughs> For eating my empanadas. You're on my shit list forever. Yo, can I just say that was my fault? You offered it to them. Yeah, I, I, I heard after the fact no, that you offered no, it to them. No, 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 no. They, they asked like, oh, are these empanadas? Like, yeah, they are. It's like, can we eat these? I'm like, I, uh, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay, you're on my shit list too, Franklin. 
All right. Do you have anything <laughs> that you want to rant or rave about uh, so far in your life coming back to America, maybe? Uh, yo, New York is awful. Like, what happened? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yo, so, you know, I, I left this country thinking like, oh, I'm going to go back to New York. It's going to be great. You know, I, I know New York life and it's just like, it hasn't been as peachy as I thought it'd be. It hasn't been. It's been a, a culture adjustment. You and I were crossing the street and uh, we were kind of blocking a bus that was going. And as, me as a New York that, that has been living here this whole time, I took my sweet ass time crossing the street. You were crossing the street, bowing your head and running across the street. I was like, Frank, why are you running across the street? I was ashamed. <laughs> you were ashamed of blocking this bus. I was like, dude, who gives a shit if you're blocking the bus? Yeah, man. I don't know, dude. I, I Yeah. There, there are a lot of differences between the two countries and both have their negatives. Yeah. But uh, having lived there, uh, I think I prefer to live there. <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, that's why you're only here for a couple of years to make a yeah, little money yeah. and then get the fuck out of here. That, that's the plan. Go back to your family. Okay, um, we're at the outro, guys. I know this has been a different episode. We actually have to wrap this up because uh, I think we have groomsman duty that's coming up soon. Our friend is bringing balloons to me right now. So, what time is it now? Uh, he's supposed to be here in a little bit. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you listening to this episode. Yeah. Um, if you miss Ben, um, please DM him directly. Um, we didn't purposely exclude Ben from this episode. Just that me and Frank had a couple hours here. We are doing nothing. We figured we might as well just bank this episode, put it into the bank. And once again, congratulations on being the first non-Asian person to Thank be you. on this I'm podcast. Really, I'm really happy to be. I listened to your podcast, like I said. So I was, I'm really happy to be so you're one of on. the listeners from the... From, from Japan that I can see. Guys, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on every single platform, every single one at The Worst Asian Pod. Um, if you can do me a favor, scroll down on Spotify or Apple and leave me a five-star review on Apple. It lets you leave a written review. So feel free to say something nice to me or just give me the middle finger emoji or just give me an eggplant emoji. Put in your favorite emoji. Peach emoji. Peach emojis or Japanese flag emoji if they have that. They should have that, right? They do. They probably do have that. Um, we also have a subscription package. If you guys are on Apple or Spotify, you want to scroll to the homepage. We have a monthly bonus content that comes out where Ben and I are just talking about random shit that's non-Asian related. Feel free to, to subscribe if you want to. It shows general support for the podcast. If you don't, that's cool as well. Every single week, we have a brand new episode coming up. Reckon, thank you again. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys next week or whenever the fuck this thing comes out. Bye. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>